Hello everyone and welcome back to the Humans of James River. I apologize for the brief hiatus. I had some life things to take care of, but we are back with episode two. This episode is featuring Libby Wilbur. She graduated from the Leadership Center in 2016. She then went on to go to CNU with a theater major and a directing concentration. She graduated from CNU in 2020. And I think that she has a really unique perspective on careers in the visual and performing arts area. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. Arts, mostly in schools, is very much just an elective kind of thing. Um, And it's kind of pushed to the side. And most of the time when somebody wants to pursue arts as a career, it's often met with, well, how's that going to get you money? How are you going to be successful? And all of those things. And so somebody like myself wanting to pursue theater, loving theater, you have to combat a lot of that uh, (laughs) growing up. A lot of the times it was, okay, I'll do theater, but I'll also take business classes because everybody respects business as a class. So there's a lot of that when you're growing up where it's a lot of, okay, I'll be in theater, but I'm not just going to be a starving actor. I'll try to do the other stuff around it so I can, you know, I guess validate it to not only myself, but validate to everybody else that this is a career, I can make money from this and stuff like that. And so I went into college with a major in theater. I did not change that. Um, Went all four years, had my major in theater and I graduated with that major in theater. The unfortunate part of it was that I graduated in spring of 2020, that infamous year. And half of my uh, spring semester senior year got cut off because of COVID. Um, And so I, you know, submitted my final thesis that I've been working a year on online. I felt like I wasn't really held up to the same standard, I think, as years prior, just because, oh, well, we're in a turbulent kind of year. And, you know, if you submit anything, that's fine. Um, And then I graduated from sitting on my couch. I didn't have graduation. I had, my mom made me a cake. That was very nice and that was about it. Um, And then I got my diploma shipped to me in the mail and it was just like this huge and like climatic moment of my life just got diminished, you know, as I'm sure many other people can also relate because a lot of other people were high school seniors or also college seniors that year. Um, But I feel like graduating in the arts was a little bit different. Graduating as a high school senior and you are pursuing college, like, yes, that transition, that's gonna be hard. Or wherever else you go, that's gonna be hard. But I feel like graduating from college and then you're just going off to the world and the world's already on fire is a lot more difficult. It's already difficult to get a job out of college. That's the big thing that a lot of colleges really wanna push is like, we were able to get all of these people that graduated into jobs. And that's like a big pushing thing because you want to make sure that your kid, when they're going to college, they're going to have a job when they get out of there. And that's already hard enough. And then to also have your entire field that you're basically pursuing just collapses and just doesn't work anymore. Um, And so how do you pivot from that? (laughs) 
um, it, it's hard. And I kind of did, I guess, but kind of didn't um, because, you know, all theaters were shut down. The world was kind of shut down um, and a lot of things just went remotely. But the problem is a lot of those theater infrastructures took a while to figure out how do we go online because theater is innately an in-person experience. It's supposed to be live. That's what makes it better. And that's what has kept it around for so long is that people like that live experience in person. And yes, movies are great, but there's something different about seeing that person in, on stage right in front of you. And so it took them a while to kind of figure out how could we do something kind of like this. There were a couple of like Zoom performances that I saw, which were pretty cool and everything, but it's just not the same because it doesn't quite engage you the same way because you have that screen in front of you. Um, and so I just feel like arts was kind of set up to kind of fail from that. And it's still now, two years after that, is still, I feel like, trying to get back into just, okay, let's just go back to the way we used to do it. And it's still hard to do that because from that pandemic, a lot of those theaters, small town groups or anything shut down because they don't, they couldn't hack it. They couldn't make money from it because people weren't allowed to go outside. Um, and maybe they didn't have that infrastructure to keep going. And so I feel like the community of theater has dwindled down significantly. And you can even see that on the broader spectrum of just on Broadway, a lot of shows have not come back or just didn't come back. Some shows did, and that was great. And we we're super happy about that. But if you were not proven to be successful, you were not going to come back. So I feel like there's, the pandemic definitely took away that experimental, like trying to push theater, took that away and just made it to where it's like, okay, let's just only do things that are going to make us money and make sure that we can still survive and float. Um, so that's all difficult. <laughs> um, and I guess for my journey, it was, okay, I set up all this time just focusing on theater throughout college and even throughout high school was a lot of just working on theater. Um, and what I wanted to do is I wanted to become a director. And that's great, but no job is going to just hire me straight out as a director. You gotta work your way up from the bottom. But to work your way up from the bottom during the pandemic, a lot of it was you needed to have social media skills. And I feel like that is a big thing that isn't like pushed in a lot of schooling is to have social media skills because they, I feel like still were like social media bad. Social media is just for, you know, trends and you know, you're always on your phone, but it's like, no, you actually like a lot of marketing and advertisement now and a lot of just, you know, businesses in general are really trying to push for having good social media presence because otherwise how are you going to get your business now because people not very many people read a paper newspaper anymore not very many people especially during the pandemic went out into the world so how are you going to know about things through the internet through your phone through social media so a lot of it was you know advertising just went completely to let's just work on social media platforms and how do we make something effective because you see tons of ads on your phone every day. 
how do you make that effective and get somebody to actually click the link? How do you get it to where somebody will actually go to your web page, buy a ticket, and then actually show up? That's a lot of steps that you're asking somebody to do, and that's a lot of stuff that goes into one post on Instagram. So it was a lot. And I was supposed to, after graduating college, because I didn't quite know what I wanted to do in theater yet, I applied to be uh, to go to Disney World and work in Disney, Disney College program. Woohoo! It's going to be great. That didn't happen, obviously, because Disney even shut down, and that's how we knew things were bad. If Disney World shut down, that was bad. Um, and so, instead, it was a lot of me trying to apply to like publishing companies because I had uh, in my major I had a concentration in directing and dramatic literature. So I was like, I know stuff about literature. I could do publishing or like just editing manuscripts or something. Did a little bit of that. Wasn't working out great because a lot of publishing is a lot of independent contractors that work on their own. And I did not have the time or the motivation, I guess, to make my own publishing company on my own or do a publishing business on my own. Because again, you had to have that social media aspect and clients and contacts and very much a personal network. Um, but then keep going in that. And I instead, I decide, you know what, I may not be able to go to Disney, but I still love Disney. And I made a YouTube channel. I thought, that'll just be fun. Talk about Disney. I have a phone that has a camera. Why not? Um, so I've been doing that as well. And that, again, started to teach me a little bit more about what is SEO, what is analytics, how do I get somebody to, again, click on my video and actually watch it. Still haven't figured that out because I didn't take classes on it, but I've gotten somewhere with it because I have gotten people to watch videos and I have entered a community of people who are also trying to create things and doing content. And so I guess I use my arts in that way, but it's still, that's not theater. I'm performing on a camera, but I never wanted to be a performer myself. I wanted to make theater. Um, then we get to 2021, things are starting to open it back up a little bit more. And Disney opens back up, and I actually go down to Disney. Um, that's a fun time, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> um, so I finally get down to Disney. Um, I get a job as a Jungle Crew skipper. That was super great. It was one of the only jobs where I actually could be performing because even though Disney was back, uh, they didn't have character performers really. They had very limited character performers because you weren't able to meet characters still. Um, they didn't have parades back. They had a lot of that entertainment aspect was still gone, um, but they still wanted people to come and ride the rides. And pretty much one of the only rides that has that performance aspect still in it is Jungle Cruise, where you're the person driving the boat and telling the jokes. So I was very lucky to have that aspect of my job still being performing, still kind of being a little bit of live theater. I felt like I was a comedian. That was pretty fun. Would I ever become an actual comedian? Absolutely not. That's way too much pressure. <laughs> um, but that was very fun and got me an experience in a way that I don't think a lot of people would expect somebody with a theater background to do is like, okay, go work at an amusement park and actually perform, but you're not performing like on a stage. 
Um, so it's a little bit different. And I get that experience short-lived because I then have to move back to Virginia. Um, and I come back here and I'm like, well, theaters still aren't completely opened back up. What do I do for a job? Um, and that's when I moved to working in the museum, um, working as a tour guide there, because I was basically a tour guide at Disney. I can just be a tour guide here. Did that. That worked out for a little while. I'm still kind of performing, but it's more of an educational performance. It's more informing people. It's more customer service based. And that's not really what I want to do. I want to do performance stuff. Um, so it just it took a long, long road. And where I'm at now is I am getting my master's, which didn't think that was going to happen. Um, getting my master's and becoming a teacher to be a theater teacher um, because I realized that what is the reason for me wanting to perform? What is the reason that I like theater? And I like theater because I feel like it can change people. It can change the world. It can educate people. It can teach people a lot about a lot of stuff that they never probably would have thought about before. Um, I don't really care for history a lot. And I love so many different snippets of history because of theater, because that's how I learned. And I want to try to do that for other people. And so I, for a while, I was just looking at trying to do educational programs within already like theater departments at like theater businesses instead of like in edu actual education. Then I finally was like, maybe I should just actually do education because that makes more sense. Um, but I feel like throughout that whole journey. It's a lot of, if you go into theater, it's, you're going to be an actor and you're going to go into performance. And if you don't go to New York and go on Broadway, then like you haven't made it. If you want to do stage managing, then you have to be a stage manager. If you want to be a director, you have to go and try to direct things or work your way into directing things. And I feel like that's not a great way to look at things. And you can apply this to anything. It's, I want to be a doctor. Well, okay, you have to go to school and then become a doctor instead of figuring out different ways that you can still apply your skills, still gain new skills, and still become a version of who you want to be in different ways and kind of figuring that out. And I feel like that's not talked a lot about. I feel like everybody hears like, oh, I want to do this these are the subjects I'm interested in. And they see it as very much point A to point B. And that is not the case. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like that was very present in the pandemic was it's, you will not get from point A to point B. You are going to go to F, Q, R, and Z before you get to point B. And that's just, I think it's an important thing to remember um, as you grow up. Uh, a lot of, there's a lot of those success stories of like Oprah didn't find success until she was like 50 or something like that. And that's crazy because everybody just, everybody knows her now and they wouldn't think of like 30 years ago, not knowing who she was. Um, so I just feel like that's something that not only everyone should think about, but especially, you know, high school students should think about like, yes, I have passions. I have you know, drive of where I would like to be, but also be open to what other opportunities could also help you on that path. And 
be kind of okay with that path not being your final end destination, that you might go somewhere else and that's okay. And just because you set out to become a doctor and then you end up a Spanish teacher, you did not fail becoming a doctor. You just went on a different path. Did you ever envision um, like directing in schools or did you always want to do it on like a bigger scale? I think because as I think as a high school, I always thought like, yeah, I'll make it to Broadway, <laughs> you know, like because you're you're a high schooler. You're like, yeah, of course. Like mm -hmm. that doesn't seem so far fetched. Um, and then you get into the real world and you're like, that's going to be really hard. And like, yeah. yeah, that is like ultimate dream goal. That'd be great. But you get I get to a point now where I'm like, I just want to direct something and I want to influence the world in some way. And it's something that I forgot to take away from actually my capstone um, was that you don't need to impact the world in giant ways because if you impact just one person, that's one person's whole world that you're impacting. And that's still something. Um, so I feel like if I'm able to impact, you know, I have a hundred kids maybe a year, that's great. That's a hundred people. Even if I don't completely impact all of them, if I get 20%, still 20 people. Um, so that's still a big accomplishment. And that's just in one year. Um, so I never really thought that I would go into education. Um, I feel like a lot of the times growing up, if you say I want to be a teacher, people kind of look down on that as well. So I feel like teaching and theater have that in common of mm -hmm. a lot of people just look down on it, but they're both hard professions. And I'm shooting myself in the foot and combining them and being like, I'm going to do the hardest one. Um, but it's something that I think is important. And it's something that I think I've always had a passion for education, but I never saw myself doing it. Mm -hmm. Like whenever you're in a classroom and you see your teacher teaching, I feel like it's very seldom that you actually look at the teacher and you say, I want to do that or I could do that. And it's a hard thing to get through your mind that you could switch the roles and actually be the teacher instead. Mm -hmm. I, I think we saw a lot of people um, <laughs> kind of leave their profession during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, and that kind of, it, it, it kind of put things into perspective a little bit. Um, I know that there were some teachers who like couldn't handle it anymore. Mm -hmm. um, teaching online, it just wasn't, it wasn't the same. Do you think that like um, kind of going through that, like right out of college, it kind of like increased your like passion for theater? I think so because like, I didn't have a ton of time in school with the pandemic hitting me. It was only, like I said, the last half of my spring semester. So I was like, I was almost there, almost at the deadline. Um, so, I saw all of my professors scramble. Basically, we had like, I think a two week hiatus of like no school before mm -hmm. we got back into it. And because they had to give all the professors time to be like, you need to reevaluate how you're going to finish the semester off completely online now and not seeing your kids in class. And that was very difficult because I had a class that was a theater class where it was voice, 
and we had to do scenes. We did not end up doing scenes. We did monologues the entire semester. Um, I had a class that was about makeup, costume and makeup, and we couldn't go into the lab and do our makeup for her to critique it and help us out. It was, you had to do it at home by yourself and send me a picture. Um, so it was a lot of these like very performance in-person based classes that had to completely go remote. And some of them I think did the best that they could given the circumstances, but I'm also, I also think that that also gave a ton of other teachers an opportunity to look at their lesson plan and think if something happened, how could I still get the same end results and still teach my students? Um, Cause I feel like we got very comfortable in knowing that everybody's gonna be there in person um, and that it's gonna be an in-person thing only. Well, how do you get students to still be interactive when they're online? Because I, I remember, I will admit, um, <laughs> I had my German class for that semester. It went online. It was still three times a week in Zoom. Okay. I played Animal Crossing through <laughs> most of it because I could do it down here. I could have my camera on. Sometimes she said, you don't need your camera on. And I turned it off and I would just play Animal Crossing. <laughs> I still got an A at the end of the semester. So I think because I have all those experience, uh, experiences of being able to slack and still get a good grade at the end, I kind of understand how to make sure that that doesn't happen to my kids, that they still get something out of it and knowing when they aren't. Um, I feel like the pandemic very much, like you said, showed which teachers were like, I can't do this anymore, <laughs> and which teachers were, you know, who did stick it out and were like, you know what, I can do this. and. It's not to say that the teachers who couldn't make it weren't passionate about teaching. It's just the circumstances changed. That's not what they signed up for. Mm -hmm. And I think that helped me to know if I had wanted to go into teaching beforehand and then that happened, that probably would have shaken me a little bit. Mm -hmm. I would have been like, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> but I think because it happened, I feel more confident in going in because I know here are some things that I could do that are in my back pocket just in case something does happen again. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it helps with that. It helps me to know that. And I think it was kind of the opposite for me where teachers didn't want to do that. They quit, went on to a different profession. Me, I wanted to go into theater and that wasn't working. And so I switched to teaching instead. And so I feel like I did kind of the same same kind of thing. I was like, you know what, I, I can't do the actual theater world. I'm gonna go into education instead. So, yeah. Um, I will say that you're definitely not alone in playing Animal Crossing. Um, right, it was just, it had just come out. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not me, obviously. No, no obviously not. Not me, not me. Um, but <laughs> let's talk a little bit about uh, high school. Mm -hmm. um, kind of, uh, I'm just gonna leave it up to you, just uh, like what you kind of, took away from it, like what it, what it was like, um, what your favorite part was, you know? Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Um, well, things have changed, <laughs> um, but I think, I mean, it obviously stuck with me enough to where, you know, I was in the Center for Leadership mm -hmm. and International Relations. I then went into college into a leadership program with a leadership minor. And then I also got a minor in, in, 
business and international culture. So it stuck with me a little Mm bit. Um, I don't do much with those. I think leadership is like all encompassing all around. That's kind of why I did it. Um, Because not only was directing a leader position, but now being a teacher, huge leadership position, very different. Need to look back over my notes and be like, (laughs) because I never thought of it in the teacher perspective. I was always just so theater oriented. Um, So definitely what I got from high school stuck with me. Um, But it was a lot of the teachers here that stuck, that sticks with you the most. Mm -hmm. And I think that was another reason why I was like, you know what, I want to teach instead. And why specifically I was like, I want to do high school because, you know, high school is, it's not always great. Yeah, we know that. Um, (laughs) But I think I got best case scenario because I had the teachers that are here. Um, I talked about my theater teacher. She's not here anymore. She's in like Vermont. Um, (laughs) But like she was super helpful in giving me a safe space Mm -hmm. in the theater room at the end of the hall of giving me that safe space to go to. And I could always just relax there. Um, I feel like the quad is another place where it's like, this is where you can go and you can just relax it's kind of hidden away from the rest of just the hallways of everybody. And that's a nice little hub to be in. Sometimes it's good to get out of that hub, get out of your bubble. It's not always just the leadership students, but it's nice to have that space. Um, I will say my favorite teacher is Mr. Schumacher. (laughs) I will say that I will name drop him because he's (laughs) the best Um, because his class was just so different from other classes. It's, it was so much more storytelling and getting you to engage in the information in a more intellectual way than I think a lot of students going into an English class would think that it should be taught. And it was just so much better, I guess, because I felt like, you know, he didn't just like look at his students and say, I'm going to challenge you and make you think differently because I want to make you think differently. It was I'm going to challenge you because I think you can do that. Mm-hmm. I think you can think more than you think you can. I did notice uh, the your uh, your semicolon tattoo. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my my ring. Nice, um, nice. I know that specifically on the podcast, in um, and in in the community, um, specifically in the James River community, we. Um, we we've had a, a, a lot of uh, bonding, but via trauma, yeah, um, yeah. and um, we we definitely have all gone through our um, fair share of um, mental health issues, and I think it's something that um, specifically in James River, but I'm sure in other uh, high schools as well, has really hit home mm-hmm. um, for for a lot of us. I think that's one of the main reasons that the podcast was started because um, mental health has such a stigma, especially in um, in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, I just kind of want to open, open yeah. the floor. Um, so yes, uh, I think that's very fitting because actually my capstone when mm-hmm. I was here was it was theater related. Um, but it was about, I wrote and directed and produced a short one act play about 
mental health basically in students. And it was supposed to be to kind of showcase how mental health can be seen in teenagers because at that time it was very much like mental health is not meant for teenagers. They're just Mm -hmm. being moody. Um, I feel like that's a little less now. Um, I feel like we all kind of joke like (laughs) I have depression, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's like, no, it's an actual serious issue. Um, But back then it was very much like depression and anxiety and stuff like that can only be reserved for adults. It's not for teenagers in high school. Like you're fine. You'll get over it. You're, you're okay. So the play was about kind of showcasing that like, no, these are actual real issues in a, in a teenager that can happen. And it was also to promote awareness of how, if you're not dealing with those issues, how do you interact with these people? That's not going to make them feel worse about themselves. Um, So it was a lot about that. And actually from finishing that experience and doing all that, that's when I got my tattoo Mm -hmm. as kind of a reward to myself. (laughs) Um, And I think it's very much mental health. I feel like a lot of the time people think can be a phase and it's not. Um, It's something that kind of can stick with you because you have, even if you don't have depression symptoms throughout your entire life, you still have that trauma and that memory of when you did feel those symptoms very strongly in a period of your life. Um, I'm very lucky, I'm very happy now that I'm in a better place to where I don't feel those things all the time. Is it because I got this tattoo and it's right (laughs) here and it's reminding me all the time? Maybe. Um, But it's also because, you know, I went into a more positive environment. I surrounded myself with more positive people. I surrounded myself with more healthy interactions with people instead. Um, And I feel like the pandemic, I can't even imagine how I would have fared if I was in high school during that. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of my anxiety and depression came from my family and being, having to be forced to be at home and do school and be around that constantly. I cannot imagine. That sounds terrible. (laughs) Um, And so I feel like it is definitely a time where it, it was definitely a time where it really just got to a lot of people. And I mean, I felt it in a different way. I was like, what do I do with my life now? Because my entire field is dead. Um, But I feel like you, again, you can't, you can't let it get you down Um, because as much as it sucks and you can, you can complain about it, please complain about how much it sucks (laughs) because it does. Um, Please talk about it, but also make sure that you're talking to people who listen to you you're talking to people who are supportive of you and that you can complain about it. And once you're done complaining about it, then think either, all right, I have that weight off my chest. Now I can move forward. Or how do I now go about my life? How can I be better? Um, And I think like, I'm also very lucky into now that I'm in therapy I never was in therapy before. I was like a couple of times because my mom got scared, um, but it never worked for me before. And I think it had to take me time to realize that I wanted therapy, not somebody else needed me to be in therapy. Um, and I feel like we're slowly 
getting to a place where it's okay to say, hey, I'm in therapy. And it's not like, oh my gosh, something's wrong with you. Everyone should go, honestly. <laughs> um, but I know that it's not affordable for everybody and applicable for everybody. But I think it is something that is important to be able to go and talk to somebody so that you're able to, you know, find out like, is this all in my head? Am I actually wrong in feeling these things? And figuring out ways that are healthy to kind of shift your mind and how you think of things. So it's not all blaming it on yourself. It's not all avoiding things that are going to make you feel more anxious because that's actually going to make you feel more anxious uh, rather than just doing it. Um, so I think it's definitely helpful. Go to therapy is my, my big, <laughs> my big uh, advice to everybody, but also just, you know, realize that there are relationships in your life that aren't good for you, that can be toxic and that you don't need to be a part of them. And yes, sometimes it can be very hard when they are family members, but also being able to set those boundaries and understand that, you know, your own mental health is important. Pleasing everybody and making sure everybody else is happy is not, it's not healthy for you because you can't do that. It's oftentimes not very supported um, to pursue a career in the arts, mm -hmm. um, just because, like you were talking about earlier, like people think that you can't make money from it. Yeah. Um, do you have any advice for somebody who is wanting to pursue um, mm -hmm. a career in in either theater or like um, visual arts? I would say understand that rejection is inevitable. Um, I feel like that's very much downplayed a lot, that you're going to face a lot of no's before you get a yes. Um, it happens all the time in Broadway. People will get a million, million different no's because either, and you can think I'm not good enough, um, I'm not talented enough or anything like that. Maybe you just weren't prepared enough that day. You had a lot of other stuff going on, that's fine. Um, but also a lot of the times it's just, you're not what they were looking for and that's not your fault. And I think being able to have that mindset and knowing I did the best that I could and moving forward and understanding if you did do the best that you could, uh, going through each thing, there's only so much you can control and understanding that there is only so much you can control before it's out of your hands and realizing that if I get a no based on that, then it's something on their part. I did everything that I could. I did the best that I could. I did everything that I could have done. And I still got a no. Okay, I'll try again. And being able to just get back up and try again is a big, big thing that you have to have in the arts in general. Because you will face a lot of rejection. And that can be very discouraging. That's a big reason why a lot of people don't make it. Because... They can't handle it. Um, and I understand it's hard. Uh, arts is, theater especially, is the one job I feel like where you have to continually prove to people that you know how to do your job. Um, whenever you're applying, I don't know why I keep bringing up nurses, but whenever you're applying to be a nurse, 
you hand in your resume and you're like, yes, I've done nursing for the past 10 years. They're like, okay, yes, you are qualified. Here's a job or whatever it is. But then for theater, you hand them your resume. I've been in 20 productions in the past year. They're like, that's great. Can you still do a monologue in front of me right now? And you're like, okay, yes, yes, I will. And if you're just having a bad day, you trip up on one line, then they're like, hmm. She had a great resume, but her monologue just wasn't wasn't it. And it's like, you don't get the job based on that just one day. And that's crazy that that's how we do things still. Um, but I think for arts in general, you have to be able to take that out of the equation and understand that you did the best that you could do. And sometimes it's going to take a while before you hit that success. Yeah. I believe that's all the questions I have right now. Um, I did just wanted to open the floor in case you wanted to say anything, um, talk about something, someone, um, tell a funny story. Like, um, <laughs> just, yeah. I feel like I've talked a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess like final lasting advice I could give mm -hmm. um, is just to, you know, try to have that confidence in yourself and whatever you're trying to pursue. Don't let the outside world and other people try to affect you too much. It will, um, but try to understand that, you know, what's important is that you're doing okay, that you're happy with what you're doing and that you're doing the best that you can do. Um, I feel like that kind of encompasses everything going through pandemic, the theater careers and just, mental health in general is just making sure that you check in with yourself and you have that self-awareness of like, I'm doing okay. I'm doing things in my life that like maybe the outside world doesn't approve of or think is like the most successful thing that I could be doing, but I'm doing it because it makes me happy and it's what I want. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the episode. I want to thank Libby for coming back to school, sitting down, and having a conversation with me. I can't wait to see what she does in the future, and I wish her all the best. The next episode should be out in around two weeks, so look forward to that, and I'll see you then.